Folks, welcome to a brand new episode of Train Wreck Tonight 276, sponsored by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? We have a jam packed show for you tonight. It's a victory Monday. Damar Hamlin is now in Buffalo, and the progress keeps coming, which is just incredible news. It's also National Championship Monday, and we have a very special guest joining us tonight. A Georgia alum, host of the Pop Sports Podcast, Amanda Frothingham. Big show tonight, folks. Here we go. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't Here we go. Train wreck tonight. 276 sponsored by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. Maniac, what's your outlet? Seriously, it is the spot to get your January, your 2023 started. And we have overgone the happy New Year's extension, as Larry David says. But hey, not speaking of overdoing it, the Bills get it done. I mean, my goodness, what an atmosphere yesterday at the stadium. What a week and lead up to it. And of course, like you said in your lead now, most important thing, we get the news today. I was completely caught off guard. Damar Hamlin back in Buffalo. At Buffalo Generals for surveillance still, but back in the 716. Bro, it's just incredible the progress, how, how fast it's been. I mean, he's on Instagram. He's on Twitter. He's tweeting during the game about Heinz and stuff like that. Um, and then what was the story that came out today? That he, like, set all the alarms off or something after Heinz scored? Basically, on the Heinz kickoff return, he he like he set all the alarms off. They were they were worried about there might be some kind of overreaction, but it was just him going full Gary Bertier, uh, like he does in the uh, hospital in that scene. So love to see that passion from tomorrow. I mean, there's already talk, Al, that this guy could be like what at the stadium on uh, this Sunday. I mean, it just seems a little crazy, but I mean, yeah, atmosphere yesterday, and yeah, I mean, just crazy to be a Bills fan right now. That exactly. Those are the rumors right now. I mean, but he's still in the hospital, right? I mean, like, do you think he's going to be on the field for Miami? Maybe if they get by that one, if they got Cincy or 
who knows who's coming to town potentially after that. But what, what do you think about that? Do you think he gets on the field? I don't think he gets on the field, but I think we get a pre-recorded message. Uh, I think maybe we get some content with him hanging out with the team. I feel like maybe it's just a little too intense. I'm sure doctors and everything are telling him to rest, take it easy. Yep. I mean, obviously body needs to recover. And especially when your body goes from being a professional athlete to kind of, I mean, I hate to say it, lying there for like three to four days. I mean, it takes a little bit to recover. You don't realize that in the physical process, but when your body doesn't move for about a hundred hours, yeah, there's a lot involved there. So it's, we're going to see what's going to happen. We got Miami coming to town next Sunday, 1 PM. What'd you think about that time slot maniac? I was pretty surprised. I thought it was definitely me prime time Saturday night. Before we get into this, I just want to say real quick. It's so funny. If you told me three, four years ago, you know, Maniac, in consecutive years, the Bills will have a playoff game where they perfect game the Patriots and score basically a 50-burger on them. And then in the next year, they'll eliminate them in the last week of the season to keep them out of the playoffs and everything. I would have thought that was everything. I would have thought that was the world and beyond. But it just shows the scope of this team that, you know, they've kind of built the goals bigger than that. They've built the scope bigger than that. So – it's good that it's a footnote, but it's a great footnote to have. Obviously, not going to Patriots out. How do I feel about the time slot? Don't love it. Um, I'm glad to have 1 p.m. Sunday for the first time. I was hoping for 8 p.m. Saturday to get it out of the way. Um, yeah. And I'm not taking opponent for the grant for granted. I'm not looking at the spread or anything. I'm taking a one point win all day, any day. But yeah. uh, I was hoping. I, I'm just. I don't want to wait. I want to get to this game Saturday. And I want to take care of business. So it's going to be tough sitting out Saturday, sitting Saturday night. But the good thing is Saturday night we'll get to enjoy Predators. Uh, Sabers and yeah, obviously get to take in the whole weekend. But what were your thoughts on the on the time slot? And also, how about them announcing it at like midnight last night? Dude, I could not fall asleep, and obviously, I fell asleep probably 15 minutes before the time slot gets announced. I'm like, and then I'm waking up at like two, three in the morning, and then I'm looking at my phone, looking at all the tweets, not really sleeping well. And sorry for jumping ahead. I, I never should have jumped ahead. I'm getting way too excited for this Dolphins game this week, but the game. Yeah. Patriots, real quick. You take out the Heinz touchdowns, it's 23-21. Troublesome. It's definitely it troublesome, a, like, but, but I think everything – you look around the league yesterday. Again, you could talk about this uh, years on end. Joe Burrow, I think, threw like 40 passes and had a total of 200 yards. So every offensive coordinator kind of had things thrown into neutral, in my opinion. You have to admit, though, I know obviously Allen with some unbelievable throws yesterday – do you still see some problems with this offense and defense going into yeah, Miami? I see, yeah. The problem I see with the offense is that they, they aren't consistent. They can't consistently move the ball. They, they can do it in spurts, but they can't consistently move it. And then the thing on the defensive side of the ball is just without Von Miller, you don't have that closer. I think we've started to see it in Greg Rousseau. He was definitely sticking out yesterday. Tremaine right. Edmonds arguably plays one of his best games as the Bills, so I'm very happy about those two things. But, yeah, I'm not as confident as I was in that maybe – week four to week 10 stretch before the Miller injury, but I, but I'm getting there one more good week from this defense, maybe and a big showing against the dolphins. And I will be. And I think the spread tells it all. I mean, with it, what now currently minus 10 and a half, I think I saw on DraftKings. I don't know if two of plays, man, I don't think Vegas would leave that much exposure with a spread that large because they know if he plays what it's going to be seven. Six and a half, seven and a half. Yeah, at the very eight. least, you know, if Tua does play, he's not getting game reps. He's not getting, uh, you know, work with teammates until – well, first off, he hasn't in the last couple of weeks, and he wouldn't be getting it till Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at the very earliest. And, I mean, timing, you know, everything, especially with these McDaniel schemes, it's all about quick hitters, first reads. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously he's going to want that, uh, you know, practice time and, you know, without it, yeah. I'm not surprised that the spread is so inflated. I mean, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. where do you lean right now with that spread and with the current picture? He's not playing. Okay. I don't would, you, would you bet bills in that scenario with Bridgewater, uh, Thompson? Yeah, I think I would, man. They are so banged up. They got to come. No Mostert now. He's got a serious injury. Serious thumb injury, right? Broke it or fractured it or something. So it's so I, funny though. He says it's a, McDaniel says it's a serious injury, but he might he might play this week. I mean, I don't even know what's going on with this guy in injuries anymore. No, I, I don't either. But like I said, with that spread being that big, I think Vegas knows something. He's not playing, and yeah, I do like the Bills potentially to cover that spread. Like I said, the Miami Dolphins defense, eh, not that great especially if they have to go with, what, Teddy Bridgewater, who's got a hurt pinky. So if he plays, he's probably not 100%. Or Skylar Thompson in an 11-6 game against the Jets. Don't get me wrong, Jets, great defense. Bill struggle, Josh Allen struggled against that, the, the Jets defense this year. But it's going to, yeah, it's really tough for Miami to come in here and beat us. I really think that, especially in the cold weather. They are about to go beast mode, similar to how I went in person and I saw Georgia go beast mode in the fourth quarter in Mercedes-Benz oh. Stadium. I mean, that stadium was rocking. The dogs were literally barking. I thought I was in like, a, you know, a pound somewhere in Atlanta. But no, the Georgia Bulldogs. Speaking of big spreads, Al. I mean, geez, it all just kind of goes into it. So without further ado, should we welcome in our guest? It is time. The Georgia alum herself, Amanda Frothingham, is in the building. How are you, Amanda? Good. How are you guys? Good. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Obviously, we had to have you on the show. A huge, huge game tonight. I am so excited. I can't wait to be here. You were at the game? Yes. So uh, my brother is currently going to the Ohio State University. Uh, so we went. I went in support of him. I mean, my goodness. I, I have so much respect for Georgia fans. We've been to some road games. We've been to Jacksonville, Duval County going nuts. We've been to Nashville. We've been all over. But I'll tell you what, football in the South, football in Georgia, it's exactly like they say. It is just different. Yeah, it's the best thing. I can't even imagine. Like, I don't understand people here today, like, not being as excited. I'm like, it's basically the Super Bowl right now for me. So there's that. <laughs> and Amanda, how were you during that Ohio State game? I couldn't imagine what you were like. I mean. So, first of all, I don't know what you guys' opinion on is on, like, the New Year's Eve game. But... My family is like 50-50 and all of us were together and I have a lot of family that's like into football and my cousin's just committed to Georgia Tech. So a lot of stuff going on there. Um, and we were all really, really excited, but it was too emotional. It was very stressful. Everyone, nobody was speaking for a while in the fourth quarter. It was just a hot mess. But when that kick happened and didn't happen, at midnight. There was champagne going everywhere. My mom's couches were ruined. It was a fantastic night. It really was. It was so good. I mean, I like Maniac, you at the stadium, that was literally at 12 o'clock. I've never <laughs> had an experience like that. People were looking. I was talking with all the Georgia fans. They're like, oh my gosh, our our new year is ruined. 2023 is down the shitter already. Like, this is terrible. And I'm like, you know what? I respect this, that their like, year is already ruined because they're going to lose a football game the year before. And then all of a sudden, he missed that kick. And obviously, everyone was so focused on the kick. I looked to the scoreboard because I'm looking for a replay. They're not even showing a replay. It's fireworks. And they're saying, have <laughs> New year 2023 it was basically it went from being in a, it was kind of like the bill's snow game how in a in literally a span of, of a, a second 
it went from being one of the most miserable places to be ever as a fan to being one of the best. And you would, there's nowhere you would rather be like on the earth than like right there. So it was crazy. It was insane. And yeah, it was unlike anything I'll ever experience in sports again, literally before the result of the play even happened, the Jumbotron just popping off Happy New Year. And just like Amanda's family was popping off all over that living room, it seems like. Yep. Love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So folks, we have Amanda Frothingham joining us right now. Georgia alum owner of the Balanced Peach LLC, host of the Pop Sports Podcast. Amanda, how are you feeling about tonight? I am feeling very optimistic. I don't like to, I don't really do anything. I didn't do anything last year for the game, for the natty. I stayed home. I stayed with my boyfriend. Like, we just watched it from home. So I do it so that regardless of what happens, I'm in a controlled environment. Um, But I am optimistic. I don't like to be like, I am, you You were talking about like bets and you said the spread was huge for this game. That scares me. I don't like when the odds are so in our favor. It stresses yeah. me out. It's like, I'm calling, it, it's like, I feel like, you know, we're being set up basically. Yeah. Um, but last year I'm pretty sure it was leaning Georgia and it turned out well. So I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really optimistic. I'm feeling good. I, it's a good, it's a good day so far. Oh, I mean, All right, so since you're feeling so good, let's put some feet to the fire. Anything to worry about for those dogs? I mean, you're set at 13 points. It makes you nervous. I mean, I the only thing I would say right off the bat is that I feel like TCU was undervalued against Michigan, and I feel like Georgia was a little overvalued against OSU, and I think you're seeing the kind of perfect storm of that here with these teams. I think that Georgia is ultimately going to win this game, but I would not be surprised if TCU comes out and they hit them right in the mouth, similar to what OSU did or tried to do for the most part, Amanda. Does that worry you or what are you worried about most on the Georgia side for you? So I'm big with, I I know how they are down there in Athens. I've known Georgia players for a long time. When I was an athlete there, I was really good friends with them. They get really cocky. I mean, it makes sense. They're literal gods in Athens. They get all this stuff thrown at them. And um, luckily, this is not like a Ben situation where we're in Georgia, right? So we feel almost like home territory. Um, we're far away. So I feel like maybe it'll calm, calm them down a little bit. I could see them having egos going into this game being like, it's fine. You know, like we got this in the bag and then getting, you know, for lack of a better word, like shit thrown at them. And they're going to have to come back at halftime and figure it out. You know what I mean? So I am worried about that at first. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think TCU is going to give us a game. But I know that in the end, especially with that Kirby Smart halftime talk, we're going to be able to, like, pull it back together and come at it. And, and Maniac, you know the way I look at this game. Everyone's all on TCU, right? It's just like the the week to week. I, I don't know if everyone is on Oh, TCU. come on. Everyone in the train wreck chat is for sure. And that's why I know you went in there, you know, Nice and, and uh, you know, prideful with my Georgia minus 13. I do like Georgia tonight. Dude, I'm so, uh, not just the train wreck chat. Uh, so many people love TCU today. And look at the semifinals. How, look at those overs. So many points, dude. Like, all I'm saying, well, listen, that Georgia defensive line, I mean, you're, you're better off like trying to fight the government than go against that Georgia <laughs> defensive line. I wouldn't say anything like that. With that said, um, you know, I did see. The, the thing that Stroud really allowed Stroud to do well was basically he did kind of, he kind of Mahomes it, as I call it. He would drop back, and he would know he was going to scramble left or scramble right, and he would kind of plan that into it. 
those deep crossing routes. Are, are we worried about those, Amanda? I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. was having a field day with those before he left the game. I am I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it because I know that we have taken the time to prep. Like, I doubt these boys were doing whatever they had. Like, they needed to do, like, this week, like, lollygagging or whatever. Like, they know what they needed to do. Kirby right. got them in there. They were working them at every possible option that TCU was going to throw at them. Now, with what you were saying, I if I wasn't a Georgia, a diehard Georgia fan, I would beat TCU for this game all the way. Right? Because that's a story. Like, yes. you, you want to root for the underdog. You want that. But Thank you. I am not worried about it whatsoever. Nope. There's also a story in Georgia's first time being a successful defending champion. So this is it, yeah, back to back. That's huge for this school. Yeah. Like so, and and I will say, like you guys were saying, it's pretty cool that you have Georgia, who was the juggernaut. And I know people they'll say they had a chip on their shoulder from Alabama being like the narrow like favorite coming into this year, but obviously they were the repeating champion. Georgia hasn't lost in like two years. And you got this team TCU that, yeah, it's like they're an absolutely bonkers story. They're basically been predicted to lose for like the last month and a half, Al. Sorry, like the last six to eight weeks of their entire schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, man, I got to ask you, what was your uh, your craziest game you've ever been to as a Georgia fan? Oh, my God. Easiest answer ever. I know right off the bat, it was Georgia, Tennessee. I think it was 2017. Um, I was still a student there. We were in the student section and it was like, it very much so reminded me of the Bills Chiefs last season. It was like 13 seconds, Hail Mary, Georgia came from behind. We thought we were going to win. They scored in Georgia scored in the last 13 seconds to take the lead. I can't remember who the quarterback at Tennessee was that year. They threw a Hail Mary in the last three seconds and they ended up winning. And it was a home game. It was the most painful experience I have ever, ever, ever had, especially just because I was there. And so, like, without a doubt, and I would even say, like, go back, watch that game now, because it is insane. That's why when I went to Georgia, Tennessee this year, last time I went to a Georgia, Tennessee game was that game. You were playing for kids this year then. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a good, it turned out better. I have a better feeling about Tennessee at home now. But yeah, that game was insane. Oh my gosh. Now, how do SEC tailgates compare to Bill's tailgates? So, they actually are pretty comparable. Now, I wouldn't say that for any other NFL team. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I've been to a couple of Bill's tailgates. I haven't lived in Buffalo for too long, but I've been to a couple of Bill's tailgates. And because they are the most outrageous tailgates in the NFL, they compare to the SEC. Because SEC is just, in Athens, you can't go anywhere on game day. It could be a 7.30, 7.30 game, and at 8 a.m., there are people, people are drinking, you can't, the streets are closed down, there are bands everywhere, like huge tailgates sponsored by anything and everything in Georgia, there's like a Coca-Cola tailgate, there's a Georgia Aquarium tailgate, like all this stuff, a Krispy Kreme tailgate, like, and there's <laughs> Fans and people and drinking and um, frivolity, for lack of a better word, it is insane. Um, to put into comparison, I went to a Rutgers University tailgate. Uh-oh. Hey, yeah. re- respect respect to Anthony to uh, Anthony Soprano. Hey, no, absolutely no disrespect. I'm just trying to compare the tailgate yeah. experience 
And it's just incomparable. They also don't allow students there. So it's it's very different when you can't have students at your tailgates and like they bring the life to the party a lot of the time. So, um, but it's amazing. It's it's pretty similar to a Bill's tailgate. I, re- I remember when UB actually used to be very strict, I, I believe, with students. And then I forgot who came to, I think it might have been Danny White came to town as the AD, and he kind of, like, said, cops, get out of here sort of deal. Like, Danny White came to town, and the next thing the next thing you know, they're serving uh, beer at alumni. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, if you make fans, like, dogs fans or, like, most SEC fans, if you make the students that involved, you're making fans for life. Like, yeah. I'm... I left work early to go to this game and I live in Buffalo, New York, right? So you're making fans for life wherever we move, whatever we're doing, we're going to invest money into the school and into the team. So I think it's smart. And how great is a 7.30 kickoff? We can actually I like, love this. Now, let's, now, don't get ahead of yourself, Al. You know this is going to be at least 7.47 with the, yep. with the pregame ceremonies. Okay, it's better than... Oh, 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 oh. It's better than 8.15 or 8.45. Yeah, that is better. I agree. We won't be falling asleep. Last year, I was literally falling asleep. I can't imagine that for a Georgia fan because, I mean, that offense was basically not moving the whole game. Alabama was not dominating, but they were just stifling them every day. I mean, I would have absolutely been, like, on my last, like, my, my eyes would have been getting crusty, as they say. But, obviously, Stetson Bennett, who has a knack for going literally Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter, I guess, in these uh, big college football playoff games. Yep. Uh, yeah, got it done. I wouldn't be surprised to see a late effort from him. Uh, again, in this game, honestly. To cover the spread. No, not to cover the spread, too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. We'll, we'll definitely be seeing some direction. Uh, Amanda, while we got you here, two things. First off, what can we get at the Pop Sports Podcast that we can't get anywhere else? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. So the whole idea behind the Pop Sports Podcast is a like happy midground between something like Trainwreck, where it's sports and it's geared towards big sports fans, and something like a different podcast that focuses on entertainment news and pop culture and a bunch of things that for you guys probably don't even care about too much, right? So it's the perfect podcast if you want to listen with like your significant other or your friends or you just want to be a real, well-rounded human being and like impress your guy friend at a table, no one like throwing out stats, you know what I mean, <laughs> for the game. Yep. That's so what it is. someone like me, who's like big into Bravo, like I'm rocking Vanderpump, I'm rocking like Real Housewives and stuff, like then Pop Sports is perfect. Right it's at my end. It's literally made for you, Maniac. It's well, made for Maniac. I mean, that's the best thing I've ever heard, honestly. Hashtag. Yeah, so we do pop sports, or we do pop culture stories, and we do sports stories. So mix of both every week. I love that. Well, that's you know awesome. what we do here on Trainwreck Sports? We do craziness. Oh, I was like, I was waiting. I was like, what's he going to do? Yeah, I was like, is that a, am I supposed to answer that? And that means it's national championship night. We got the bulldog, Amanda Frothingham, in the house. (laughs) It's time for a special edition of Bulldog or Hornfrog. Okay, so what I'm going to do is you guys a fact, and then you tell me, Bulldog, if it's Georgia or if it's Horn frog if it's TCU. Are you both ready? I'm gonna be oh. I'm gonna be I hate I hate when he does this. It's okay. I'll uh I'll give you I'll, I'll let's go. I'll we'll start off with uh Amanda, guest first. Ryan Seacrest is an alumni of this school. Which one is it? Bulldog, Bulldog. or Horn Frog? Bulldog, easy. Okay, Bulldog easy, one nothing, Amanda. 
Al, Wayne Knight, a.k.a. Newman, is an alumni of this school. TCU. Georgia. Went with the double double to trick you on the opening one. one nothing. Amanda through one round. Amanda. This college is the home to the number two zoo in America, according to USA Today. I'm going to say TCU. I don't think there's a zoo. Right? It's TCU. It's 2-0, Amanda. Georgia out to a crazy start. Al might be getting run out the building here. Al, the Peabody Awards honor the most powerful, enlightening, and invigorating stories in television, radio, and online media. Which school did they originate and are awarded by? TCU. It's Georgia. It's you gotta be kidding. She knew it. She knew. She was pulling for Al. All right, Al. Let's see if we can get in here one with the Redeemer. This school gets an average of 229 days of sunshine yearly. Is it that sunny Georgia climate? Is it Texas? What could it be? Is this me? Yeah. TCU. It's TCU. You're back in it. 2-1. Amanda, for the win. Oh, gosh. This college is in the 12th largest city in America by population. TCU. Fort Worth, Texas. It's TCU. Yes! Tiebreaker, though. Hall of Famers. Do you know any Hall of Famers in the NFL from, from Georgia? Amanda. Um... Is, is Herschel Walker uh, NFL Hall of Fame? He might be. I don't see him here. Maybe this isn't updated. The four ones I got. Camp Bailey. Charlie Trippy. I didn't even know who that is. Fran Tarkenton. I've heard that name before. And Terrell Davis. Al. Wow. Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis. Al, are there any Hall of Famers from TCU? I don't think Aaron Schobel's a Hall of Famer. He's a Bills Hall of Famer, for sure. Wall of Famer. LaDainian Tomlinson? LaDainian Tomlinson, not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, no, he is. Sorry. TCU, three uh, Hall of Famers. Sammy Baugh, Bob Lilly, and L.D. LaDainian Tomlinson. L. I got trivia for you. Who's your redeemer? Who has more Hall of Famers? Georgia or Syracuse? Syracuse. Syracuse. Al, Al gets a little redeemer. Even though Amanda takes it down, I made him force him to say that Syracuse has more Hall of Famers because <laughs> he hates Syracuse. Oh. And that is Bulldog or Horn Frog. Congrats for a winning, Amanda. Woo, thank you. Of course. Of course. So what do we got? Oh my gosh, we got what? So 35, 40 minutes to kick off. That band is rocking. I will tell you, uh, they were walking down the streets of Atlanta like they own the place. That Georgia band has some swagger. Oh, yeah. The Red Coat Band, it's like, I'm pretty sure it's like one of the biggest bands in college. For sure. You should that to your game. Yeah, they were very intimidating to me, honestly. So, two things. One, I don't think I've ever won this game ever in this history. That You <laughs> you, you surprised me with these games, and I never win. Uh, I mean, and two, fair. Flyers, up one, Flyers, up, Flyers up one one nothing two minutes in. I don't like that. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. You know what? Amanda's going to run into some adversity early in their game. We're, we're going to overcome that yep. as the Sabres as well, for sure. We're gonna be Shout fine. out to the sign-offs.
Shout out to Zach. Who, who are you shouting out, Amanda? Who's the key uh, tonight? Who's the unsung hero for Georgia? Ooh. I'm going to shout out Ringo again. I want another play like last year with that interception. Okay. That okay. Exciting. That was a heartbreaker for my for my Alabama, like plus four and a half or whatever, and all my dreams and hopes. Um, with that said, I will shout out UB basketball. 2-0 this weekend on the hardwood. Double dip at home, Alumni yep. Arena. 2-0. Well done, UB. I'm going to give a shout-out to dogs. Oh. And the reason I say that is for them to be able to go to the bathroom in cold weather and wind like this today, I got to give them a lot of credit. I honestly, like, that's insane to be able to to go number one or go number two in tough conditions, windy, right? Like, it's just... I can just see Kirby Smart right now in those conditions. They're frogs and you're dogs. They can't go number two in windy conditions like you can. Yep. That's going to for sure be in the halftime. That's going to lock down the pass defense out west. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my shout out. And uh, yeah, go Georgia and go Bills beat Miami. Seriously, let's get both our teams wins. Huge shout out to Amanda for joining us. Obviously, check out the Pop Sports Podcast for a little bit of the in-between the sports and the pop to make sure you check out and make sure you're following Train Rock on all platforms. Josh Allen, which ones are they? Apple, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube. There we go. Let's get it done and let's make sure to have good night now. A good (laughs) night. Night. Now. Now.